Hi, this is Megan's As Mamas. Two best friends with the same name and the same due date sharing their different experiences as first-time moms. How are you? <laughs> Good, how are you? Oh, you know, Monday night. Today was a weird day at work. Um, I will not get into it, but... It involved like a meeting where someone just started like proselytizing in the middle of it. It was super odd. Um, oh. So I'm tired, to say the <laughs> least. And I know you share that you were tired as well. Yes. Yeah. And I think I also uh, told you that our night last night, we were both in bed by 8.45 p.m. So if you're wondering how lit parenthood can get, that's how. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. Lit. So lit. Uh, yeah. Um. And if I audibly yawn, I am sorry because it is, you know, it's 845. It's almost our bedtime, apparently. That's 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 what we do now. Yeah. Megan's the hero. I'll tell you what, because that's central time life. It's amazing. I mean, I know it's a weird thing to love, but it's like, example, Game of Thrones. We were huge fans. Having it start at eight instead of nine on a Sunday, life changing. True. Super Bowl starting early, life changing. If you're the early football game, NFL game, it's at noon. So then you're done by three and you have like the rest of your Sunday. I don't know. I would highly recommend it. But then don't live in a different time zone than all your family who start the family group text at six o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fine now because I'm up at six o'clock in the morning. But when I wasn't, I was like, guys, you're killing me. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say now it's probably fine because we're just, you have no choice. (laughs) The babies do dawn awakenings, and that's just how it works. Really? Sheesh. Um, so, Megan, it is mama struggle, mama win time. So, you are the win this week. How did you win? Yeah. Um, so, we've recently started Riley on solid foods. And yes, big thing. Um, big thing that I think I said I was obsessively researching like I do everything <laughs> um, <laughs> a few podcast uh, podcasts ago sorry um, but yeah we we started it and a lot of babies are slow to take to solid foods that's like totally normal um, you know they may not like it at first or just not be very interested <laughs> We have a very interested baby. She loves food. Like, it's really cute because now we've been doing it for a couple weeks and I put her in her little seat and she, like, knows what's up. She... (laughs) I, I get her tray and she's like already like trying to feel for some sort of food. I'm like, it's not there yet, sweetheart. It's not there. <laughs> um, and yeah, she's just grabbing her little spoon and going to town. Um, so I'm I'm really happy that she's interested and it wasn't like a huge, you know, struggle or fight or whatever. Um, so that was exciting for us. Megan, how are you struggling? Yeah. Um, well, uh, my wonderful aunt was in town and she is like a fairy godmother in many ways, actual godmother, but more like the fairy godmother. And she was like, you know what? We're going shopping. And I was like, (laughs) why? Um, and so I tried on real clothes for the first time in a long time, clothes without elastic. Uh, which has been my favorite game lately is to just wear elastic. I might may or may not be wearing Tyler sweatpants right now. It's fine. Um, it was very emotional. Definitely cried in the dressing room. And I know we talked about being nice to ourselves. Um, but it's just a huge body change, right? And like, I, yeah. I love clothes. I love fashion. It's I've, It's been a lifelong love affair. Even when I was like little, my mom said like the first memory she has of me saying no and I wanted to pick out my own outfit I was like one and a half two so like it's you know it's just been a long life affair and lifelong love affair if you will and uh but yeah I just tried on things and you know I mean I knew my boobs were big I like I knew that in theory but whoa buddy they are uh, <laughs> they are they are there right and that just changes the way everything looks and then of course I've got my mooch my mom pooch um and it just didn't feel great yeah my mooch and I didn't feel great about it and uh one dress wouldn't even like go over my boobs and I was like 
cool, tight, 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 um, literally oh. tight, tight, tight. <laughs> and I ended up finding one dress that was really pretty. Uh, it was just a little pricier than I wanted to spend on one item of clothing. Um, so yeah, it just I'm trying to be patient with myself and kind, but it's definitely hard. Um, and we've got some like we're having Ezra christened, and it's Easter coming up, and I know I'm gonna have to like not be in sweatpants so i'm trying to like psych myself up for that experience so that's how that's where i am right now it's really rough um and megan and i were texting back and forth and the boobs thing is rough um but at least you like have grown up with (laughs) having boobs so you kind of like know how perhaps like how to dress i am not used to having things there (laughs) so i just i don't even know i feel like i'm trying to if i am trying to get dressed or whatever and not be in sweatpants i feel like i'm dressing a different body like i don't even i feel like i'm styling someone else because it doesn't feel like me um and all of my previous or most of my previous clothes were like obviously more tailored towards the body type that I had which is no longer my body type um so Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it will be at some point in the future when these things pancake down um after (laughs) breastfeeding um when they sadly deflate um but but for now it's it's very weird and um yeah it's definitely a struggle to just not just see those changes in your body and try and dress it. Yeah. Um, Which I don't think I told you this. So I, I was sitting in the front seat and Tyler was driving while I was texting you. And I think he peeked over and he's like, you need to stop it. And I like, look over at him. He's like, you, t- I, he's like, I can see you two are being not nice to each about your bodies with each other. And you both need to stop it. He's like, you're both beautiful. Oh, <laughs> no, it's true. And I, I mean, both of our husbands, I think, would say that and are very nice. And they, I don't know, Brian's like, you look amazing, blah, blah, blah. But it's just, it's your own body. Like, you yeah. know what it was and you know what it is now. And we talked about it in our whole podcast. It's just so much emphasis is placed on women's bodies, mm-hmm. you know, and it shouldn't be but it is so it's just it's hard mm-hmm. it is it's a learning process but we are learning together for sure all right so today's episode we are doing three things that we are happy we have done and three things we would have done differently so far so we're both around the six month mark with our babies which is insane which is actually insane it really is it's nuts i know it it goes so fast and like i was looking at videos of her when she was you know like a newborn and totally a potato like yes legit (laughs) baked potato um (laughs) and they just they come so far um but yeah so megan do you want to get into your three things you are happy um that you and tyler did as parents sure um so i will start with the first one which uh is an interesting one so i'm actually really happy that i stuck with exclusive pumping now for six months and i will say that um i shared with megan before we started actually recording that i am winding that process down um but it was so hard, and I know I talked about it in the breastfeeding, or the feeding episode, rather, but I really was determined, because I made the decision that I wanted him to have breast milk, that I was going to exclusively pump. And so, in preparation for this, I did the math, and I have pumped over 19 gallons of milk in six months, which is... Insane. Which is crazy, right? And But so much time, because each pump was anywhere from 15 minutes at the shortest to like 30 minutes at the longest. And I mean, I would, in the beginning, it was like, you know, three and a half hours of my day was just pumping. Um, But I'm really happy that I was able to, to do that and to give him breast milk. That was something that was important to me. Um, And so I'm glad that I stuck with it and it wasn't, it's not been easy to find the time to do it, especially when, I would be watching him by myself and I don't have um, 
one of the uh, wireless pumps yet. I, I, I didn't, I, I explained it on the feeding one, but it was just like my lactation consultant was like, just don't do it and so on and so forth. And so we decided not to. And that meant I was just like chained to the wall while watching him. So I did a lot of like, luckily we have a plug right by his play mat. So I would put him on the play mat. And we'd be playing together while I was pumping. Um, but yeah, we'd have friends over, you know, for like a socially distant thing. And I'd have to go inside and pump. And on Thanksgiving, I had to like, you know, walk away from my small little family dinner to go pump. And so it's, I'm excited to kind of have that time back, but I'm, I'm also really proud that I was able to like stick with it for all that time. Um, for sure. That's a huge commitment and time. Um, yeah, I'm really proud of you. That's Thanks. amazing. Thanks. Um, so all the mamas out there who are exclusive pumping, just I set myself incremental goals. First, it was, okay, one month. Then it was, okay, let's do three months. Let's do four months. And then six months. And this time, I originally was going to wind down even earlier, but um, I did have the opportunity to get the COVID vaccine, which I'll talk more about at some point. Uh, but it was really important to me after looking at a lot of research and one of which, um, actually, someone I grew up dancing with, her name is uh, Marta Perez, and she's a doctor, and she's got a YouTube channel with, like, a bazillion followers and an Instagram account with, like, 18,000 followers. She's great, and she has a lot of good information on it. But I made the decision, um, along with Tyler, that we wanted to have those antibodies passed on to him. So I chose to do that. Um, so, yeah, that's... That is one of the things I'm happy about. What is one of the things that uh, you're happy about, Megan? Uh, yeah, so I talked with Brian, too, before this episode. So we were happy that um, that I looked at baby sleep kind of somewhat mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. in our journey. Um, and I looked at, I mean, we talked about it in one of the previous episodes, um, just a couple like moms on call and other people that... Um, put together guides and stuff for baby sleep. And I didn't like get one of those, you know, prior to Riley coming, but I did just read up a lot on things. Um, So from the very beginning, we weren't doing, I guess, some of the things that a lot of them suggest you don't do. Um, Mm -hmm. So we didn't do, I, I wouldn't say we did a ton of like contact naps or I wasn't always like rocking her or nursing her to sleep I mean those things definitely did happen don't mm. get me wrong <laughs> um it's kind of inevitable but it wasn't like an every time occurrence yep. thing um and I was trying to kind of just watch her sleepy cues and wake windows and blah 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 um and just extend night sleep probably like starting around a month month and a half or something like that um and I think it though we did take a bit to get there. Um, now she's a, a great sleeper. And um, I think that definitely helped. Yeah, that's awesome. Actually, since I'll, it's related, I'll talk about one of the things I would do differently, which is I wish I had researched baby sleep sooner. <laughs> so I think I did mom's on call before he got here. And so just like Megan said, some things I naturally just didn't do. So I never rocked Ezra to sleep as an infant I didn't really because they said they didn't mention it and so and that wasn't a natural inclination for me to do that obviously same I, obviously I soothed him I'm not like a monster but it's just what <laughs> I so when I was telling someone that they're like wait what and I'm like no, no 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 I didn't just like lay him down and run away um of course he's like do the whole deal to get them there but um one thing I didn't I wish I had found um the sleep consultant who shall no longer be named. Um, I found her earlier because I think that there were some things she offered like wake windows and sleepy cues um, that moms on call did not talk about. So we said in the review of that program that uh, she sort of walks you through like how to get them to sleep. Whereas moms on call is more like comprehensive of 
baby care in general. Um, so mm-hmm. by having the resource to say like, this is how long they should be up. This is what you should look for. Like the red between the eyes, man, he still gets that. But when he was little, it was like the telltale sign that it was like time for bed. Um, yeah, she she had that too. But yeah. I didn't find it until a couple weeks in because I think you turned me on to it. But anyway, so I wish I would have researched it earlier. I mean, as I shared in the sleep episode, Ezra was pretty great right out of the gate, but I didn't quite know how to troubleshoot. Um, mm-hmm. And then would like panic, right? <laughs> so um, I would just recommend like Megan did to do research beforehand. Don't go crazy with it. I know I say that and then you're going to Google, use the Google machine all the time, but just arm yourself with knowledge on like what to do and um, what not to do as well. And know that like different things work for different people, right? Like some people really firmly believe in feeding their child to sleep um, or they Mm -hmm. want to rock them to sleep or whatever. Like you just got to like research and find like what's going to work for you, your baby and your family. Um, and these things worked for us, but definitely I would just say whatever you do, research before the baby gets there. That way you feel have like a baseline of knowledge before you go in. Yeah, um, I would definitely agree. Uh, and I was kind of the same as you, Megan. Like, I mean, I definitely saw people saying to not create sort of a sleep crutch situation, which is what a lot of those sleep consultants will say. Um, but I just didn't ever find or not often find the need to like rock Riley to sleep or anything like that. Um, so I just really didn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, if that works for you and that works for your baby, I think the most helpful thing, at least for me was like looking for the sleepy cues, Mm -hmm. um, and realizing that they'll show them. And then if you kind of don't get try and get them down for a nap then they apparently (laughs) release cortisol like the stress hormone Mm -hmm. and then they won't appear tired anymore and then they're overtired is what the experts would say um so i think that was probably the most helpful for me is like what you were saying looking for the sleepy cues and i'd be like oh she looks she looks tired so let's just try and put her down for a nap and however you want to do that is whatever works for you yep um so megan what's another thing you were happy that you did uh yeah so i put that we were happy that we started pretty early with talking to riley Mm -hmm. i'll put talking in quotes um but it's kind of weird because we've mentioned this a lot, like they're in that potato phase and they aren't, they aren't doing much for a while, right? They're just, they're just there. You're feeding them, you're changing them and they're sleeping <laughs> um, for a little bit. But we started like just talking to her pretty early, um, narrating what we were doing or Brian loved to try and make her like smile or laugh in the beginning when she wasn't, um, you know, when she was really, really little. Mm -hmm. And he's the first one, of course, who actually like got her to burst out laughing. (laughs) You know, it's fine. It's fine. It's not like he's sacrificed my body. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, now she is a very like vocally chattery little, little baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and very like, happy and laughs a lot um so we're we're we think that that helped you know they say if you talk to them a lot then it starts their language development and their communication skills um as early as possible so yeah what about you megan what's another thing that you're uh happy that you guys did on that in that same vein um i'm kyler and i are both happy that we started reading to Ezra super early. So we actually used to read to him when he was still in utero. Um, I have a wonderful friend and colleague who I work with named Charles, who's an expert on childhood literacy. And he told me as soon as I got pregnant, he was like, read books to your belly. And I was like, really? He's like, yes. They The science says that they will know the book once they get out of the uterus and the same with songs that they recognize things. Um, 
I don't know the science, how that happens, but I did look it up and yes, he is correct, um, which I knew he was. And so, oh my God, that's, that's is that not terrifying? Actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, uh, because um, Brian got these little headphones that you could put on like your yeah. belly. <laughs> And then he, we were trying to see if she would kick to some of the songs. So we started out with like, I don't know, some nice choices or whatever. Like we started with some classical nothing. Um, I think we did some Beatles songs. We did some like other classic songs. And then he like flipped it around to like some hardcore rap. Um, so I'm like, mm, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope she <laughs> um, she doesn't uh, recognize that. Um, not quite yet, at least. <laughs> well, funny, we played um, Rosa Parks for him in the car one time um, when I was super pregnant, and he definitely started kicking around to that. So he's at least an outcast man, if nothing else, which I feel like that means good, that we're doing good. a good job as parents. Um, yeah, but we, it's we read to Ezra at minimum. He gets like two to three books a night during our bottles and books routine. And then throughout the day, we're constantly reading to him. Um, and I think it's the same concept of like talking to him. So he's super vocal, uh, already making some of his like consonant sounds and vowel sounds. And I think that's because he's read too. Um, and it's really funny when we read to him now, um, here comes the explicit tag, but like he, he'll like look at a page and look up at me. Like, are you seeing this shit, mom? Are you seeing, are you seeing the dinosaurs say goodnight? Oh my gosh. I now that book memorized. Um, he's like, do you see this Tyrannosaurus Rex? I'm like, yes, I see. Um, and just like to watch his little <laughs> eyes light up and him to get so interested is been really awesome so um, I'm really happy that we did that um, so Megan what is another thing you are happy about that's awesome um, we also said we were happy that we transitioned her from our room to her room around four months mm -hmm. old for her sleep um, now I know that the, the AAP recommends um, around like to room share, I think is the term that they use um, for at least six mm -hmm. months. Um, and, you know, I think that they said that that is one of the factors that may reduce mm -hmm. it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, the SIDS rate does dramatically drop off. Um around the six month mark. Um, so there's that, um, but it definitely starts to sharply decline around the four mm -hmm. month mark as well. Um, but it's, it's basically almost nothing at six months. Um, but we just made the decision because she was sleeping relatively well, but she is a noisy little being um, <laughs> when, when she's sleeping. Um, I think we've mentioned this before, but they'll just like scream out in their sleep. Mm -hmm. There's lots of grunting. Mm -hmm. There's just, there's so much noise. Um, <laughs> and I'm a super light sleeper as it is. And then just having a newborn and a baby, like, and being up all the time, just basically like ruined yeah. me <laughs> sleep wise. Um, so I would wake up at every little noise and Brian would continue snoring. Um, and then you and... contemplate murder, right? You like contemplate yes. like oh, oh, every time I guess someone will take care of this baby after I strangle my husband. Love you, Tyler. Love you so much. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm like, could I, I could be a single parent right, <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> like mm, maybe I don't want to do that um but yeah she's noisy you know we would find ourselves like if she was put to bed at eight we would be sneaking around like I took I don't know how many showers in basically the dark yeah. like by a nightlight yeah. um because I was trying not to wake our baby it just felt like the best decision for us for the whole family to get more sleep and although the first few nights were incredibly anxiety producing mm -hmm. and i checked the monitor approximately 18 million times um once we got used to it i feel like it helped us all get some more sleep in the long term yeah i was gonna say that i they i just i think i sent it to you that there was a study done that said that like those extra two months don't actually make a difference and oftentimes they're detrimental so but of course 
Yes. Yes. Oh, I was going to say, I saw, I saw that too. Um, I think I, either you sent it to me or I had already seen it or something, but yeah. Um, because they start to kind of know a lot more what's going Mm -hmm. on, uh, you know, at months, months four, four through six is like a huge developmental, you know, thing. And a lot, some babies will get separation anxiety starting around six months. Mm -hmm. So is that really when you want to be like moving them to their room? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. not. Um, yeah, and you guys moved him wh- around what the four and a half month mark? Yeah, it's about like four that? and a half months. Um, I knew that I wasn't ever gonna do it if I didn't just do it right. Like I would have kept yeah. making excuses to have him right next to me um, because. I don't know. I knew that in the long run, it was going to be better for my sleep, but I also liked having him close to me. So it was that like, yeah. And I mean, it's funny. I was just reading an article this week, like the, the West, um, we're, we obviously like put our babies in a separate room or a lot of people do not everyone, but a, the vast majority, whereas like in the most other parts of the world, Like, children sleep with their families for forever. And so, um, you know, for different cultural reasons and different, it's just a different ideology. And I think that I liked that, that we were all together in this. But I also knew that his grunts and noises and tomfoolery was waking me up (laughs) and uh, helping me or having me lose sleep. So we did, we also made that same choice. And it was just kind of ripping off the Band-Aid of, it was a Friday night and I wanted it to be on a weekend night. That way, you know, I knew I wasn't going to sleep a ton or if he wasn't going to sleep, that way we could kind of be zombies and not have to work. Um, but we moved him and it turned out fine. Just like Megan said, we were up most or I was up most of the night checking on him. And even Tyler rolled over and he's like, you know, how's the big boy? Which is what we call Ezra. Um, and it turned out fine. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, I slept in the our house is a flit a split floor plan. Um, so the first couple nights I slept in our guest bedroom because it's right like on the same side of the house mm-hmm. <laughs> as her room. Um, whereas our master is on the other side of the house. But and I was just like, what is the monitor? I don't know. Um, which the monitor we have is super reliable, and even if the internet goes out, so. It just it takes an adjustment period mm-hmm. for sure. But now that we're through it, I'm I'm thankful we did it when we did because I feel like it would have been a lot more difficult if I waited any longer, like you were yep. saying. <laughs> All right. What is uh, another thing that you um Oh, did you, you did all of it? Oh, uh, no, I did not. I have one more ha- no. thing I was happy about. Um, so I'm really happy that I went in with an open mind about having a medicated birth or unmedicated. So I've found that a, oftentimes a lot of women get attached to like a birth plan, right? That you want, I want it x y or z and oftentimes that's like yes i want an epidural or no i don't um and that's fine for people who really have done or passionate about it done the research or just have their reasons but i wanted to just go in and see what was going to happen um i also thought from like my logical perspective which doesn't always happen because I'm a very like emotions driven person, but sometimes logic is just there for me. And I was like, how do I know what's going to happen? I don't actually know. Um, So why get attached to a thing that is may or may not be in my control. Right. And so I told this to Tyler, he's like, are you sure you don't want to just like plan on an epidural? I was like, well, I don't know. What if it goes really quickly or I just decide that, I can, I want to do it or I can do it. And he's like, you know, it's your body, it's your decision. He's like, I'm, I, I personally am not looking forward to seeing you be in pain. He's like, but I want you to do what's right. And I think I shared on the labor podcast. I was, I was nervous originally about the epidural because I was like, I don't want to be that one and you know, whatever thousand or however many thousand it was that you lose like sensation and your legs and you can't feel your legs during birth and that was kind of freaky to me so 
I wanted to keep an yeah. open mind. And as I shared before, I ended up deciding to get one because I was so exhausted. I knew I wasn't going to be able to make it and withstand the pain. Um, at that point, we thought I only had like, you know, six and more hours. I did not. <laughs> I had like 10, <laughs> I don't know, 10,000. And so, but I think the fact that I was flexible made, uh, yeah, just took the pressure off of the situation and so that when it came time I was like okay I have now made the choice but I wasn't pigeonholing myself into one way or another because I can be hella stubborn sometimes and so I Uh didn't want to go in with the mindset of like I'm gonna do this I'm just gonna so I think that some people have that mindset right they just want to like prove that they can do it and i was like you know what this isn't one of those situations where i need to like prove myself or prove that i can do these things um i should just do what feels right in the moment and what feels safest for me and for baby so i'm really happy that that's the way i went into it um but you know you got to do your own research and you have to and i would respect any person giving birth for whatever they decide because whatever you decide is right for you yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of choices that you can have during that situation. Um, but like Megan and I talked about, there are some things that can happen that you just don't expect. I mean, we were both induced. Neither one of us, I think, expected to be induced. Um, but yeah, I, I would totally echo that as well. I I saw a very long like questionnaires or, or so things that long. you could fill out about your birth. So yeah, long. like a million choices um, about your birth plan and like exactly what you wanted to happen. And um, like Megan's saying, like do your research and know know what your choices mm-hmm. are. Um, and you know, as your situation progresses, what you'll you can be informed about any choices you may have. But yeah, I mean, things things happen. And um, I went in with a pretty open mind as well. Um, and I'm glad about it, too. Because, uh, yeah, it, it didn't go as I had pictured no. in my head. That's for sure. No, it did not. <laughs> uh, gosh. All right. So on to the three things we would do differently. Um, so I will start with our first one. Um I think I've mentioned this a few times that we've been in the wonderful land of bottle rejection with Riley. Um, So my first one would be to give, I wish we would have given her a bottle somewhat consistently sooner. Um, So I was, I think we talked a bit about it in the feeding podcast, but a lot of the advice you'll see when you're trying to get breastfeeding established is to not offer too many bottles because they can get nipple confusion. Mm-hmm. Which apparently. is that's a that's a weird term. It's not nipple confusion. It's like bottles are easier to drink out of, so I prefer them. They're not confused. Babies are very smart little creatures, and smart. they're like, yeah. why would I take this thing that? takes a lot of effort when I can have this thing that takes nothing, right? It's like, do you want to just eat your cheeseburger or do you want to have to sit on a Peloton and eat your cheeseburger at the same time? (laughs) Obviously, you're going to pick just eating the cheeseburger. So continue. Go ahead. For sure. Yeah, I think it should be. And I think some people do call it like bottle preference. which is what it is. Um, Yeah. So, but I was you know, so determined to make breastfeeding work to all of our detriment. (laughs) Um, But I, I, so I would not, I was too scared to give her too many bottles. Like we basically only gave her a few in the very beginning when we were supplementing just a little bit to make sure she was getting enough. And then it was like, no bottles until I, I think we maybe started trying around eight to 10 weeks mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and lo and behold, she like wasn't a fan for some reason. I don't know. Um, <laughs> just wasn't her thing after eating one way for the first 10 weeks of her life. Um, 
Yeah, but I think if we had tried um, earlier around like the four to six week mark and had given her a bottle every day or every other day, at least just one, um, that that would have saved us our whole bottle boot camp that we now need to do again. Um, (laughs) And just a lot of stress because it is stressful for me to feel like I can't you know, be absent for a feeding yeah. time because um, I'm the only food source. So that's that's a big one for us. Megan, what about you? What's one thing you would have done differently? Uh, so this is a actually I'll, I'll take I'll do the heavier one first and save the lighter one for the later on. Um, I had postpartum anxiety and I didn't know what it was. Because I'm natu- I'm naturally anxious, right? And I have anxiety. I had anxiety before I gave birth. Um, I was I see a therapist. I had Xanax for anxiety emergencies. Um, but yes, yeah, so I had anxiety, and I uh, chose to stop taking any medication while I was pregnant. And then when I was pumping, I made the same choice. Um, and I didn't quite know what it was, but then actually you sent me some like Instagram thing and I was like, holy shit, this is it. Because it's hard to tell like, yep. oh, is this just my like usual anxiety doing its thing or is this magnified? And after looking at some of the things they were describing, I was like, oh, this is magnified. So one of them is like obsessive research, right? Because it's like, in my mind, I wanted to get everything right, which I knew, I know you could, my like logical brain was like, you can't get everything right. So why are you stressing yourself out? But then my like other part of my brain was like, no, you, we can do this. Um, uh, Being like crazy about their sleep schedule. And yes, for, it's important to keep them, or I believe it's important to keep them on a schedule so that they can sleep at night. Right. That's what the research that I obsessively looked at um, tells you. And that was important (laughs) to me, right? Sleep is super important. And I, Tyler and I both have jobs where we don't have a lot of flexibility during certain parts of the day. So it's important that we're, you know, functioning. And so I did that and just some other pieces to me, because I think a lot of what you're talked to about is postpartum depression. Um, And I did, I was fortunate enough not to have that uh, struggle um which of course we we said over and over again it's totally okay if that's you and definitely get the help that you need but i for sure had anxiety and like very much broke into ugly tears about things that were really little and it was my anxiety like bubbling over so i really wish that i would have talked about that sooner and i think that those around me and especially tyler who knows my anxiety I don't think he quite knew because we were in baby class they again talked about all the signs of postpartum depression he kept asking me he's like how are you feeling you seem okay but let's talk about it how are you feeling and I don't think I ever named anxiety and he didn't probably see it either because like that's kind of my natural state and which is sad but true Um, (laughs) and so yeah I think I would have talked about it sooner or mentioned it and I think you and I were talking to each other about it um but we're both anxious uh so I'm laughing because during the pandemic it was we saw this tweet that was like like you are whatever you last ate and the emotion you're feeling right now and so for me I was an anxious pancake and Tyler was like oh my god that's you you're my anxious pancake and so like yeah i think i would have just tried to seek out maybe some other resources or other sources of stress relief i know we talked a lot about going outside and walking and exercising if that brings you joy or watching something silly on tv and just having people continually remind you like it's okay to make a mistake it's okay to not do things something perfectly like you have another chance to do it tomorrow so um yeah i think i would have wanted that too i would have wanted to acknowledge that earlier on in my uh my journey so what about you megan what's another one you wish you would have done differently 
Yeah. Um, just on the postpartum anxiety train, um, pretty sure I had it as well. That's why I saw that and I, um, that Instagram post and shared it with you. Um, and yeah, I mean, same, I'm, I'm just a naturally like somewhat anxious person and just do a lot of research for things in general. So it's hard to know the line because obviously like having a new baby, you're going to have some anxiousness like feeling because you went from not being responsible uh, for a tiny human to now like being responsible for a tiny human and trying to keep them alive so there's gonna be something but when it starts to get like you were saying just obsessive and um like I wasn't able to sleep even when she was sleeping like when she started sleeping better I oh yeah no no of course not yeah and and I told I think I can't remember who I was texting I was texting some friends that that are also moms and I was like oh you know I think I'm like broken now like I don't think I can sleep anymore and thankfully that's not the case anymore but um they're like oh they're like I'm sorry like but they didn't seem to have that like they were like oh I would just like if the baby woke up I would take care of the baby and then go back to sleep and I was like oh so that's that's what (laughs) okay like that's normal cool um (laughs) I would just be up with just constant like yeah. looking things yeah. up or worrying or just not being able to sleep um and yeah it's it's rough but like you said a lot of people talk postpartum dep- depression but postpartum anxiety is uh mm-hmm. is very real um and uh yeah it sucks so <laughs> that's a good one um but another thing that we wish we had done differently um was we wish we would have unswaddled or made the transition from a swaddle. Preach it, preach about it because yes, we agree. (laughs) Tell the people, spread the gospel. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you felt this way either. I don't think we would talked about it, but um, we both made the transition from the swaddle around the same time. Um, And it was around four, four and a half months. Um, Like I think four months and, Four months and a week for us so i guess it was a little before that for you uh right? yeah it was well yeah he was still swaddled at christmas so yeah yikes <laughs> yeah yeah um so she and i mentioned this before as well i think she had started to break out of the magical snoo mm. swaddle somewhere in the three three and a half mm-hmm. month range and there were there were a couple of weeks that I just I was trying to figure out how to not have her break out of the swaddle because I was terrified that we would go back to no sleep land and I didn't want to be no. in that land anymore. I had just gotten to step one foot out of that land. And I was like, I'm not going back. Um, so I was like MacGyvering a whole blanket you situation were. to <laughs> keep her in her swaddle. Um, because the, I guess the general advice you'll see um, a lot is like, you can swaddle them up until they look like they're going to roll. Um, and she didn't roll I mean, she rolled belly to back somewhat earlier, but she didn't roll back to belly until, I guess, like around four and a half months. Um, So, yeah, I was doing my whole MacGyvering situation, but come to find when we actually made the transition and we just ripped the Band-Aid off and we like took her out of the snoo, put her in her crib and I did the transition over like three nights, she slept better. She like you know she used her hands to like soothe herself um she yeah i mean i would see her periodically like get up you know during the night and just like mess with her hands and then go back mm-hmm. to sleep um and i i think we just could have saved ourselves a lot of you know getting up when she broke out of the swaddle when we didn't need to. And um, I think having her swaddled for that long may have slightly delayed her 
like using her arms more and like mm-hmm. learning how to roll. Um, because she, I mean, she wasn't late rolling or anything, but I, I mean, I do know babies that roll mm-hmm. sooner. Um, and she loves to practice rolling in her crib. So that's, that's when she first started practicing it. So I think it would have just given her a chance to learn how to soothe herself earlier, like with her hands, um, sleep longer and potentially like give, given her a little bit more of a head start with, with, a the rolling um yeah so you guys agreed what did uh, why did you agree so the whole time towards the end of our swaddle journey Ezra kept wanting to get to his hands and he would just yep he would squirm and he would fight and he would just like that's all it was is he would like break one little hand out and we used to call it the bullshit swaddle, which is when either Tyler or I didn't Velcro him in tight enough. And he would wake himself up by, like, getting his little tiny slobber hands up to his mouth. Yep. <laughs> and then when, when yeah. we finally, so we, we live in a Merlin sack because Ezra, um, sweet angel, he he rolled back to belly first, which is not the norm. Uh, but story of our lives and he (laughs) has rolled belly to back but he doesn't like to do it and so then he gets stuck and then he screams at us so we live in the merlin suit which is just like turning your baby into the michelin man or what was it like puffy jet puffy from ghostbusters um and Mm -hmm. so as soon as we put him in that it was like no 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 more like shitty nap well he's still sometimes shitty naps but that's sleep cycles totally different topic but he's in the beginning he just like stopped being obsessed with trying to break out because he could get to his hands if he wanted them and then like they weren't as magical after that and you're like okay cool and i again we could (laughs) have wish i would have done this earlier save ourselves a lot of grief if we had just done it and we did try a sleep sack and that didn't pan out because that was when he was first like really learning rolling and he would just keep rolling onto his belly and then being mad about it but anyways we're gonna chill on the merlin until he's more comfortable doing belly to back and back to belly um regularly but yeah we should have just done it done it i would done it like three months honestly and just been yep over and done with yeah done with it yeah same i would yeah that's around when she started trying to houdini to just to get to her hands just like him that's all she wanted to do she would break one arm out and i'd see like on the monitor (laughs) like um because i would be able to like check on my phone before getting up to go like actually look so i'd see her arm like raising it almost looked like a zombie like out of a grave (laughs) I'm like, no. Um, But yeah, definitely, uh, you know, the next time around, if we have a number two, I'm just going to rip that Band-Aid off sooner, like around three, three months or so. So what's another thing that you wish you had done? So this is my light and fluffy one. Um, I wish I had taken more photos of myself while I was pregnant. So um, I hate having my picture taken. Let's preface with that. Um, because I just don't like the way I'm, I photograph. And so I didn't really take pictures of myself during my pregnancy. There were, there's some, there's a handful. Um, but I also realized like, I, I normally only took pictures of myself when I was doing something special or, I don't know, had my hair brushed. And so the pandemic, like, (laughs) didn't lend well to that. And I mean, like, you would be like, oh, I decided to, like, take a picture of myself. I'm like, oh, she looks cute. But I, like, never decided to do that for myself. And so I'm kind of sad because I'm like, oh, there are, like, no pictures really of me at all from my pregnancy, except for, like, at showers, obviously. Um, I was Mm a... It was a quasi bridesmaid, so like my friend Sarah didn't actually have a wedding um, ceremony, unfortunately, because of the Rona. But we went and took photos with her and her husband, and so I 
got dressed up for that. But like that was it. There's maybe like three or four other pictures out there of me, but there's just like none. And it kind of makes me sad. And I wish I would have. I don't know. I'm I'm not one of those people who was like moved by the like every month belly photo situation. That's just not me. But I wish I would have done more than I did. And maybe I would have if it wouldn't have been like Rona times. And I don't know, I would have left my house. I think yeah. that made it hard because like I was like, <laughs> why am I going to get dressed just to take a picture that feels stupid um, to me? Which is not yeah. right. I, I, you feel better when you get dressed. I don't know. It's a whole thing. So all that to say, take pictures of yourself. Um, even if you don't feel all like yes. jazzy or whatever. Um just do it because you'll appreciate having that later and i know that like i like looking at pictures of my mom when she was pregnant and now ezra's gonna look at like the professional ones and then one i took with my mom the weekend before he was born and i was enormous (laughs) but that's about it there's like no in between we have some friends down the street who let us swim in their pool which is all i wanted to do and i was so pissed off at all of you damn Floridians who are like, I'm at the beach, I'm in a boat, I'm in a pool. And I was like, I hate you, it's so hot. <laughs> so there is a fun picture of me in my little pregnancy swimsuit holding their sweet little dog, Tinkerbell. Um, so yeah, take more pictures of yourself. Oh, yes, yeah, take more pictures of yourself, definitely like while pregnant, but also I think this is a good reminder for me right now too um as a new mom yeah like in a pandemic too where you're just not getting dressed a lot I would say or not getting like made up or anything like that um and I feel like we just I don't have a lot of pictures of me with Riley I just have eight million pictures of Riley yeah (laughs) Um, or like I'm only the one behind the camera so I have pictures of like Tyler and Ezra or like Ezra with my yeah. mom, Ezra with my aunt, Ezra with my friends. Um, but yeah, uh, no, you're right. I need to do that. Maybe I'll do that this weekend. Yeah, I think we should both do that this weekend. Because I same, like I'm usually the one taking the photo, so I'm not in it. And even if I think about it, I'm like, eh, but I kind of look like crap right now. Like I haven't, you know, done the nines of putting on any makeup or anything so i just don't but but we should be in the pictures yeah we should we're take gonna, the picture all right that's the lesson hold us accountable and be like yo you said you're gonna take a picture where's your picture <laughs> yes definitely um, so what did you do all your things no you have one more no i have one more yes um my next one is encourage more tummy time and independent Mm. play. Um, so I say this because I think we did pretty well with the tummy time in the beginning. Um, she didn't seem to like mind it that much in the beginning. Um, Plus, I for a bit, I had to feed her in like the laid back mm-hmm. nursing position, which is essentially tummy time for her. Um, so she was kind of getting a lot of it. Uh, then at some point, I feel like we got a little bit more laxed with mm-hmm. it than we should have um, because she it's gotten better recently. But there was definitely a bit where she just was yeah. not a fan um, and she wouldn't as much as we'd like try to make it interesting and fun, she just wasn't a fan. Um, and even to, even now, and you know, we'll put her in tummy time and I have to like sit there and, you know, play with her and entertain her to kind of try and keep her in it. Otherwise she'll just roll out of it and sit there and be a little chatterbox on her back. (laughs) Um, so I, I think we, maybe didn't do enough of that to get her super comfortable in it, Mm -hmm. you know, yet. Um, So we're working on that. And independent play um, is another one I'm adding in here because, you know, since she was born, she's had either me, Brian, or now my mom comes and has been helping watch her since Mm -hmm. I went back to work. Um, I work remotely, so I'm still home. But so she always has someone basically like 
around her, um, which I mean, she's a baby. Mm-hmm. She should be supervised. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, I like, we all had the habit of like, when we are spending time with her to it, play with her, try and entertain her like, Oh, look at this. Oh, like this lights up, like press the button, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know that we let her explore enough mm-hmm. independently. Um, and we're again we're trying to work on it a bit more we're trying to you know like watch a bit more from a distance and let her explore on her own um because she was kind of like looking for us to do stuff Mm -hmm. you could tell (laughs) like um she's just used she was used to it um so that's that's something we're we're working on because um I think independent play is definitely um, something you would like for your kids to be able to do in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Megan, do you have a No, I was just going to echo the the tummy time. Ezra's a tummy time hater. God, he hates it so much. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, sure. Do you ever want to, like, have your child scream at you no but um my our pediatrician was like it's okay if he gets really really frustrated so for all the parents out there who have like a frustrated tummy time baby because he won't even he doesn't even like to lay on top of us except when he naps with tyler um but even if we're like trying to play i would lay him on my belly because we have joanna a wonderful friend of ours is like yeah that's what i used to do with my son william um and ezra was like no, I hate this. Even when I'm laying on you, and I was like, yep. what? Um, so yeah, I would definitely just like try Same. to try to do it. Um, as because Tyler and I both work from home, uh, Ezra gets got independent play, um, not by like on purpose, <laughs> because I would like get a phone call or something, and I'd have to like do something immediately. That's the nature of my job, and so I'd be like, okay, here's like you know three things or I'd like pass him a toy and he'd have to like play by himself while I type. Um, but now we put him in his little like skip hop activity center while we're cooking. Obviously we're still looking at him, but he'll just like move the beads around, play with like this little cloud toy, try to eat the sheep. And he's just like, great. And so, um, that was not on purpose and that wasn't intentional. That was more out of necessity. But now, like Megan's saying, like you do want your child to be able to like explore the world on their own. That's an important life skill. So don't worry about it. it it's a, it's okay if they're not, if you're not constantly their clown, right? You don't have to like be there tw- and you need a yes. break too. Like parenting now is just like souped up. It's just like, they want you to always be, coming up with crafts and activities and like all that stuff and at some point like you need to do you as a human as an adult and so i yeah and you're and you like uh, your kid needs to learn the valuable lesson of coming up with things themselves (laughs) like um yeah and i think it's done not intentionally like you guys did a lot like people are busy and may not have the help that you know brian and i have had like with my mom coming over um and here i was like thinking i'm like oh this is amazing like she you know always has someone and um you know we're whatever and come to find i think we actually were her clown a little too much because she started (laughs) she started kind of like seeking us out like i would put her in her little like fisher price um piano mat thing that this those songs if will be stuck in my head for the end of time but i put her in that and like she would do stuff for a little bit but like very shortly then she would like crane her little head to be like hey where hey where are you guys <laughs> Hey guys, where are you where going? Which do you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, where are you going? I'm like, no, no, try and grab your purple monkey. Go do something. Um, it's getting better, but it it was something that we didn't realize we were doing. So I definitely encourage parents out there, like like Megan was saying, you don't 
have to be entertaining them and you probably should not be entertaining them all the time. It's okay to watch from a distance and let them work mm-hmm. some things out. Um, it's, it's actually good. Um, and I think that was done a lot when we were kids. They're like, here's a pot and a, Oh my God. Have the eighties, right? <laughs> the, the time of like bumpers yeah. and blankets and tummy sleep and we're, and we yeah. turned out totes tummy fine. Sleep. We're all good. Yeah. Yeah. There weren't these special crafts and like homemade pureed baby food and freaking like if you don't you make know, none of that. Bins now, you're a you're a monster. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I've seen that. Things to come, right? Oof, Which if you make that. your baby sensory bins, mm-hmm. you're incredible. We have a wonderful friend, Jess, that millennial mama. She does the most incredible stuff with her children. But she also is really real and is like, yeah, sometimes like your kids just need to like do their own thing so you can like breathe and scroll Instagram and feel like a person for five minutes. So <laughs> we, we're giving yes. you permission. Yeah. If you've been waiting for the permission... We're giving it to you right now. Yes, it's actually good for your child. I mean, no. don't leave them unsupervised in a room with like harmful things. Um, but other than that, it's it's good for them to figure stuff out for mm-hmm. sure. All right. Well, that is all of our things that we're happy we did and some things we wish we had done differently up until the six month mark. Any uh, final no, thoughts? No, I uh, just want to tell the people where to find us. You can find us on Instagram at Megan's as mamas and the companion blog to this podcast is Megan's as mamas.com. Yes. And if you're listening to us on Apple podcasts, please rate and subscribe and tell another mama in your life about our podcast. And we hope you have a great day. And until next time. 